just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. Was gone a few days. Went out to the West Coast. Spent a day in San Diego. Absolutely beautiful. I'm going back there as soon as possible. I love Coronado. Del Coronado, the hotel, and all the surrounding areas there. Beautiful place. Beautiful weather. Then I went up to Los Angeles for a couple of days. That's a cool place, too. I like the history of it all. The old Hollywood and all that stuff. The traffic sucks. The weather was good. Um... But all in all, had a good time. It was mostly a pleasure trip, no real business to be done. So I just got away for a few days, and I'm sorry if it felt like I was leaving you hanging. Didn't mean to do that. As I got to yesterday, I was starting to get antsy to get back to do the podcast, but I wasn't in a position to do it with the equipment and the position and the time and all that stuff. So this was the first chance I got back to uh, doing the podcast, and I'll promise you henceforth we'll be back to normal and we'll be here on a regular basis. So I appreciate you hanging with with me uh, while I was gone. Now, while I was gone, I wanted to let you know this, got myself in a little trouble, not in Los Angeles or San Diego. It's uh, with regards to what I do here on the podcast and TikTok and Instagram and all that sort of thing. Now, you all know what I talk about. I talk about Trumplicans. I talk about Democrats. I talk about a lot of things. And uh, I have some pretty strong feelings about Republicans and Trumplicans and Donald Trump and everything tied to that situation. And I'm pretty consistent. I talk about the same stuff here on the podcast as I talk about on TikTok, as I talk about on Instagram, as I talk about in real life. When the situation warrants, I will talk about my beliefs. I think that's important that we stand up for what we believe and speak out about what we believe in. Now, not everybody's happy about that because they might disagree with you. And I have some people that I know that are acquaintances that uh, are clearly maybe siding with the Trumplican side, but we don't usually get into it. But I know that when I start saying some of the things I say, they start to wince or they start to get nervous or they want to say something or they'll try to stop me because they just can't handle me telling them the truth. And I... I have one such acquaintance, and uh, we don't really get into it. We see each other from time to time, and uh, it's fine. No big deal. (laughs) But for whatever reason, this person is now mad at me. And I'll tell you why they're mad at me. Now, I've had a Facebook account under my own name, an Instagram account under my own name. But I have an Instagram account under Rational Boomer. TikTok, of course, and the podcast. So that's separate from my personal life and my personal friends and all that sort of thing. Well, one of these acquaintances decided to dig a little deeper and go into my Instagram, Rational Boomer Instagram, which I didn't even know they knew about. And they listened to some of the things I said. Now, these people are the folks that kind of lean toward the right, you know, to the Trumplicans. And when they listened to an Instagram that I did, They heard a lot of the same comments that I might have said to them when I was with them. So immediately they think that I'm referring to them in that Instagram, which is not the truth because I don't really talk about 
specific people, unless I'm talking about Trump or the politicians and such. I don't talk about specific people I have arguments with or even people that I get along with. It's not about that. But they listened to that. They said, well, I've heard you say that to me. I go, well, yeah, because that's what I fucking believe, and I'll tell it to you. I'll tell it on TikTok. I'll tell it on Instagram. But they took offense to it because they thought it sounded like a lot of things I said to them. I said, you're mad at me because I just am consistent in what I say. Well, no, I heard you say the same things when you were talking to us. Well, yeah, of course, because I'm consistent. I say the same things. But they felt as though that I was calling them out, even though I gave no names or anything like that. I was speaking in general terms, but now they're angry. But what I found interesting was they didn't know about Rational Boomer TikTok. They didn't know about Rational Boomer Instagram. They had to go looking for it. And then they had to sit and watch it. Now, these are the people that say, I don't like watching news. I don't believe in what the left is saying and all that stuff. I don't even want to hear it. But for some reason, they went to my thing, dug it out, listened and listened until they found something that they could bitch about. And I said to them, I said, look, what did I say? And they were talking about whatever I was saying about Trumplicants and who they were and how they thought. You were talking about us. I said, are you telling me that what I said about those Trumplicans, you relate to, you resemble? Is that what you're saying? And they looked at me kind of weird and they said, well, that's not what we're saying. I said, that's exactly what you're saying. So are you admitting to me now that all those things I complained about that you believe in? And they said, well, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Fuck you. If you believe in all the stuff that I was complaining about, fuck you. I don't need you in my life. I don't want to talk to you. And I've said that before. I don't care if you're relative, friend, or whatever. There is a there is a bridge too far. And when it comes to hurting this country and hurting the future and potentially hurting my family, my grandkids, my kids, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm not standing for it. And if you have to go dig through my shit that you weren't invited into to find some dirt on me, go ahead. Because I stand behind everything I fucking say. And if you want me to say it to your face, and if you admit that you're these kinds of people, I will do it to your face. I have no fucking problem. So, <laughs> put it this way, I exacerbated the problem. It's still <laughs> still not good, but I don't fucking care. If... Uh, you follow Donald Trump and you follow the things that the Republicans are doing now. As far as I'm concerned, you're fucking dead to me. I don't care. Anyway, let's talk about some of the things going on in the news. We've been a couple of days away and haven't been able to do that. Well, on Wednesday, the House of Representatives is going to take a big vote. Now, you probably remember when Paul Gosar... Representative Paul Gosar from Arizona put out a anime meme. <laughs> He's got to be a 60-year-old guy. What you doing with anime memes? But he put it out, and it showed him with a knife killing AOC and attacking President Joe Biden. Now, that's absolutely fucking childish. That's absolutely seventh grade, and it's fucking stupid. Now, the thing about it is Paul Gosar didn't craft this thing and put it on his Twitter. His staff did. You know, a bunch of millennials around that follow Paul Gosar, they create this anime meme. He puts it out there like he's a big hero, like he's a genius. 
But then he gets kickback about it. Who would ever think that if you threaten to kill a congressperson and a president that you might get kickback about that? We've talked about Paul Gosar. This fucker is mentally deranged. You just have to look at him. You just have to listen to him. He, his cognitive abilities are diminishing. He can't keep a full sentence in his mouth. He can't speak to anything with any common sense at all. This fucker should be gone. Well, anyway, but he got so much kickback about this anime meme he put out on Twitter that uh, they are going to vote to censure Paul Gosar. Interesting, huh? They're going to censure him. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, what the fuck is censure? What's that mean? What's going to happen to him? Well, not as much as you'd hope, but it's going to be interesting nonetheless. What they're going to do is they're going to vote to censure him. And if they censure him, that means he has to, it's like a child, childish punishment at first. They, he has to stand in what they call the well. It's a major a main portion of the House of Representatives. And he has to stand there and listen to all the complaints against him, his punishment. He's uh, reprimanded and all this stuff. And he has to stand in that well and listen to it. And then afterwards, if he in fact is censured, then they will strip away any, any way, any of the committee assignments he has. I think there's an environmental one and the oversight committee. So they're going to strip him away. So he's going to be like Marjorie Taylor Greene. He's going to be a representative but can't do shit because he's on no committee. That's two Republicans now in the House of Representatives who can't do shit but cause trouble. So that vote is coming up. He will more than likely be censured because the Democrats have the majority in the House. And in fact, Kinzinger and uh, Liz Cheney are going to vote for him to be censured too. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see if there's any legal action, because honestly, if you threaten the president, and I'm assuming a congressperson as well, that breaks a law, especially the president. Whether they will pursue some kind of indictment over that, I don't know. My guess is probably not. But when he gets censured, here's here's what I think is going to be interesting about this whole thing. Now, Paul Gosar is a narcissistic, sociopathic, pathological liar. Now, narcissists have a real problem with being embarrassed. That is the worst thing you can do to a narcissist. So what's going to happen is he's going to have to stand up there and listen to the shit about him, the negativity, the complaints, the punishment, and he's going to be embarrassed in front of the U.S. House of Representatives. And my guess, if it's not live on TV, there will be video cuts that will be played on TV later. It's not behind closed doors. It's in the House of Representatives. It's a regular session. So he's going to get embarrassed. And this is the absolute worst thing to do to a narcissist. They don't know what to do with that. And that's when they typically lose their shit. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if he even shows up. If he doesn't show up, what he's going to do, what he's going to say. He's already said some fucking crazy shit. So it's probably going to get worse. Now, once you censure him and take away his committee appointments, what's he got to lose? He could get expelled. He should get expelled. But I don't know if that'll happen right away. Um, as I've always said with Marjorie Taylor Greene, everybody says expel her. No, don't expel her because she has no power now. 
Now Paul Gosar has no power. He's just this dumb fucking dumpling sitting on a chair in the House of Representatives and can't do anything but maybe vote on something uh, when something comes up where the general House has to vote on it. But he has no power now. So I'd rather have a Republican who has no power in it than somebody who might be credible and actually have some power. The more dumb fucks on the Republican side, the better for the Democrats. But watch this very closely, because this experience is the absolute worst thing to do to a narcissist. And in my experience with narcissists, they start flailing. They start screaming. They start losing their shit because they cannot handle this. Ultimately, they run. And I don't know if you'll do that right from the bat, right off the bat, or if you'll stand there and take it and just fume and say some more crazy shit. What it's probably going to do is cause him more problems because it will get worse, not better. We've seen with Donald Trump that it's about doubling down, never saying, oh, yeah, I fucked up. I'm sorry. They'll never do that. So it's likely to get worse. So it could be kind of entertaining. This worthless piece of shit with no power is now going to be screaming like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Not that he hasn't already, but it's going to get worse. So that should be very interesting. I wanted to bring something else up very quickly. Um, I saw something on the news that struck me. You know, for years I've talked about the evangelical church, the evangelical Christians. I don't like them. I think they're hypocrites. I think they're racist, misogynist, anti-Semites. I think they're trying to overthrow the government, undermine democracy. They will attach themselves to any piece of shit that they think will help them override Roe v. Wade, because that's the only thing they care about. That's why they attach themselves to Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about Roe v. Wade, but he knows they do, so he acts like he's going to help them so he can get their votes and their support. Funny thing about uh, evangelicals, they don't care what sins these people do as long as they support their one goal in overturning Roe v. Wade. That's why Donald Trump can, you know, pay off hookers and porn stars, you know, do all the immoral things that he's ever done in his life that's been well documented, but they look at him as their Lord and Savior, which I always found really ironic. This evangelical group, this highly religious group, looks at Donald Trump as their Lord and Savior. Well, if you're a religious group, don't you read the Bible? Don't you know the Ten Commandments? Because one of those Ten Commandments very clearly states, have no other gods before me. So if you're an evangelical Christian and you believe in Jesus, God, and the Bible, you really can't look at Donald Trump as your Lord and Savior. That's contrary to what the Bible teaches. And that's the whole point of this. This is why I don't like evangelicals. They claim to be God-fearing people, following the Word of God, following the Bible. But in fact, what they are doing is everything contradictory to the Bible, to Jesus, to God. And they don't care. Because what they do is they take this rules or laws that they know to be true within their religion, and they mold them and they manipulate them in order to push forward and benefit them and push their agenda the way they want it. This has always been one of my problems with religions. Uh, God is one thing. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. You can agree with me or not. I don't care. It's personal to me. That's me. 
But the problem is, is these people in religion, and I won't say all religions because some churches out there are good, but in the evangelicals particularly, this is a man-made club. This man-made club made up rules made by men, not by God, not by Jesus, by themselves to benefit them. And so, to me, they're tainted. I had one clergyman one time said, do you go to church? I said, no. And they said, why not? And I said, I don't believe in religion. I believe in God. I believe in Christianity. I don't believe in religion. And they said, why? And I said, well, because it's a bunch of clubs formed by people. To me, it's like getting to God through a dirty pipe because you're human. You can be tainted. You can be fallible. Why would I want to go through a tainted pipe, a dirty pipe to get to God? They said, well, it's important. You know, we can teach you things and we can help you get closer to God. And I said, well, there's one very clear thing in the Bible that uh, you probably know. It's stated in the Bible that that, uh, Jesus has said, the only way to get to God is through me didn't say the Mormons. It didn't say the evangelicals. It didn't say the Catholics. It said through Jesus. I'm not trying to get religious here, but I'm trying to make a point with these people. You don't have to join a club to follow God or Jesus or the Bible. You can go direct. Cut out that dirty pipe and go direct to God. That's what I do. And again, you can disagree with me or Tell me you have a great church, and I'm sure you do, and I'm sure there are plenty of great churches out there. That's just my opinion, and that's how I live my life, and nobody's going to change my mind on that because I've had my experience with organized religion, and it's not been good. And since I've cut that out and gone direct, my life has been pretty good. So I'm content. I'm happy. I'm not going to change it. But the evangelicals are worse than tainted. They are contrary to everything the Bible teaches. And I don't like these fucking people. And people say, well, give me an example. Well, I'll give you an example right now. This was in San Antonio, Texas, in a church called the Cornerstone Church. Now, this is run by one of these fucking crazy televangelists, John Hagee. I think that's how you pronounce it. But this is one of these guys that talk loud and prance around and talk shit and get their congregation all whipped up, take their money, live a high life, while these people continue to believe everything he says. And all he says is what's going to benefit him, not what's true to the Bible and what's best for these people. Well, one day, just recently, they had a video going on, a video recorder or or a phone or whatever, videotaping a, 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 a congregation during a sermon. Now, this congregation was very worked up, very excited. And they were chanting, as, you know, congregations tend to do, especially if you're in an evangelical faith. Um, they were chanting. But you know what they were chanting? They were chanting, let's go Brandon. I laugh every time I hear that because that is so eighth grade. But for those of you that don't know, the term, let's go Brandon, there was some, and I, I don't know much about racing, but there was a race going on. And the winner of the race was a gentleman by the name of Brandon. 
and there was an announcer there, and she heard the chanting in the background. And what the chant was was, fuck Biden, or fuck Joe Biden, which isn't surprising given it's NASCAR, you know, the type of rednecks that go there. Um, And I'm not putting down NASCAR. There's probably good liberals that listen, but there's going to be a high density of Trumplicans at a NASCAR race. And they're saying, fuck Joe Biden. Well, this poor woman didn't hear what they were saying. And she thought they were saying, let's go Brandon, the guy who won the race. So now these Trumplican fucks thinks it's clever to say, let's go Brandon. I fooled him because we're really saying, fuck Joe Biden. (laughs) And they think it hurts us. But the thing is, Joe Biden isn't our Lord and Savior. He's the president. We'll say good things about him when he does good things. We'll say bad things about him when he does bad things. He's not our our religious leader like Trump is with the fucking Trumplicans. So anyway, they're in this church service, and the whole group is yelling, let's go, Brandon, and they think they're clever. But imagine this. You're in a church, a house of God a place of worship, and that's what you're doing? You're saying, let's go, Brandon, meaning fuck Joe Biden? That's what you promote in your church of God? That's what you uh, promote in your house of worship? And you ask why we don't take you seriously as a religion, that we think you're a joke, that we think you're racist, misogynistic, anti-Semite, hypocrites. You wonder why we think that when that is what's happening in your church. That has nothing to do with God, Jesus, or the Bible. And that's the perfect illustration of who those fucking people are. Yeah, I have a problem with evangelicals. I have for a long time, and it's gotten me in trouble, too, in that mode, too. Because, you see, I have a family member who claims to be an evangelical but doesn't lead a religious life or a good life. He's a dirtbag. He's a Trumplican. And he got mad because I made some comments about evangelicals. And uh, he got up in my face, and he said, you said evangelicals were the enemy of this country. And I just looked at him. I said, yeah, I said that. <laughs> and he said, you you said we were toothless rednecks. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I said that. And he said, well, I'm an evangelical. And he smiled at me. And I said, well, I stand corrected because clearly you have most of your teeth. But I stand by the rest of it. You are against this country. You're trying to undermine this country. And whether you like it or not makes no fucking difference to me. The facts are the facts. I live by facts. You live by bullshit. I'm not listening to your bullshit. Well, he got pretty angry with me, as you might expect, and uh, that didn't go well. But uh, (laughs) I run into those situations now and again. But here's the deal. This country has many problems, and the Republicans are at the heart of many of those problems. We have problems with our Congress. We have problems with democracy. We have problems in the media. And it all comes based on where it started with Donald Trump. Now, we had these problems before Donald Trump, but it's been exacerbated. It's been brought to the service. The uh, racist, misogynist, and anti-Semites now feel like it's okay to speak out. And the evangelicals have helped them to do that. And I'm not going to listen to it. And if it makes them feel bad when I say these things, too fucking bad. The truth is the truth. The, the future of our country is more valuable than your hurt feelings. 
and I'm going to keep speaking about it, especially when you do stupid shit like this. You have a church service. You're all about God. But this crowd of dipshits is screaming, let's go, Brandon, like they're clever, and it has nothing to do with God. I think God said one thing one time. He said, uh, we just need to love one another. Well, there's a lot of people you don't love. And I'll admit, there's a lot of people I don't love. That isn't following God either. But when you're working against God, when you're working against this country, I feel it's important you stand up, push back, and fight these people. You can't just sit there and let them roll over you and change everything we fought for for over 200 years. We're not going to fucking do that. And when evangelicals do what they do, you just make my point. You can argue with me all you want, but you've made my fucking point. So shut the fuck up. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. All right, we've got some racists on trial, murderers on trial. And we're in the final stages of these two court cases, and they're big ones. Of course, Kyle Rittenhouse and this dipshit, who, 17 years old, went to uh, cross state lines to Wisconsin with an AR-15, which he shouldn't have had. People have said to me, well, Wisconsin law says that a 17-year-old can carry a rifle. That's true but under certain circumstances. That circumstances is that he's hunting. So what was he hunting in the middle of Kenosha when there's nothing but people around? You really want to use that as an excuse? Well, you dumb fuck. If he was, if he was hunting, he was hunting people, and that's a problem because that's illegal. They went through this whole court case, and of course this judge is an absolute piece of shit. He himself is a racist. He is a trump I mean, early part of the trial, he's sitting there on the bench. A phone goes off. (laughs) Now, any judge would be pissed off if somebody left their phone on and it went off in this courtroom, right? Well, it was his fucking phone, the judge's phone, and he's playing some anthem that was used for Donald Trump. What a dumb son of a bitch. He's made all kinds of ridiculous comments, stupid jokes. He he dismissed the gun charges, which makes no fucking sense to me. The kid clearly had a gun. It's on videotape. He clearly shot and killed somebody. And they said, well, he was just protecting himself. Really? Because one of these guys was shot on the back while he was in the prone position. How was that protecting yourself, you dumb fuck? And secondly, we saw videotape, and I don't know if the jury has seen this, but there was videotape prior to this event, or after this event, after he had been arrested and waiting not to go on trial, and he's wearing a t-shirt that says, free as fuck. (laughs) He's proud of what he did. And then, in some of these pictures, he's giving the white supremacy signal with his hand, the okay sign. 
And here's this stupid fuck fake crying on TV and in the, in the trial, like we're supposed to feel sorry for him. I honestly don't know what's going to happen with him in this situation because we've got a bunch of people from Wisconsin on his jury. And who knows what kind of people these are. There's a lot of good people in Wisconsin. Don't get me wrong. I like Wisconsin. I live right next to Wisconsin. I go to Wisconsin all the time. I know people from Wisconsin. There are good people there. But there's a lot of Trump fucks there too. So it depends on who got on the jury. Then the next step is, I think the judge then decides what his sentence is. Say he's found guilty, but then the judge gives him time served or or probation or something. Now, there's another court case going on. Well, I will say this. Kyle Rittenhouse's trial is, is almost over. The jury is deliberating. So everybody's waiting to find out what the final verdict is on Kyle Rittenhouse. That should be coming hopefully soon so we know what is up. But while that is going on, there is another trial that is happening. This is down in Georgia. You remember Ahmad Aubrey. Here is a kid, a black kid, who's running down the street unarmed, and these three country fucks out of Georgia decide to shoot him. Now, they're on trial of course, and, and, and the jury is out and deliberating on that one. Now, you remember this court case because the defense attorney said something incredibly stupid. Now, Ahmad Aubrey is a, is a black man, much like the situation with George Floyd, except that involved a police officer. These are just three country fucks, you know, probably cousins by marriage, by birth, whatever, Take a take a look at their picture sometime. You can see just what kind of stupid fucks they are. But anyway, in the trial, of course, you had Al Sharpton and maybe some other black leaders come and sit in the audience. That's all they did is they sat in the audience. And this was offensive to the defense attorney. And he said, we're going to stop having all these black pastors coming in trying to intimidate the jury. <laughs> Oh, that's a smart move. Say I'm a racist without saying I'm a racist. Yeah, that's uh, that's that guy. He ended up having to apologize, and he looked stupid. He looked as stupid as the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse um, trial. But here's the thing. Here's what my biggest concern is. No matter how these verdicts come out, Kyle Rittenhouse or these three country fucks that killed Ahmad Aubrey, we could have a mess out there. Now, if they get off free, there's going to be a lot of people upset about it. And I don't know if it's going to cause riots or problems or anything. I hope, hopefully it does not, but you can see how it might. At the same time, if they get convicted, you got all these Trump fucks and these militias and these white supremacists that are going to be up in arms. So I'm afraid that no matter what the verdict is, there could be problems. I'm hoping against hope that there isn't, but we know the temperature and the climate of society these days. Everybody's adversarial. If they think they've been wrong, they're going to fight. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But Both of these trials are very high-profile, pivotal, and important. Both Rittenhouse and the three Trump should be convicted. 
they are absolutely guilty of everything. They should be convicted, in my opinion. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm afraid that no matter what happens, it's going to be a mess. And I'm concerned about that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Now, Kyle Rittenhouse, it's an interesting thing with him. He was 17 when he did it. He's 18 now. He goes up there crying and trying to be a great guy and appeal to the jury. But when he's outside of trial, he's just a smart-ass punk fucking kid. This kid needs to suffer some consequences. And the three that shot Ahmed Aubrey, too. Because if they don't, this is going to make it seem like it's okay that anybody can shoot anybody for any fucking reason. And that's really not how this country runs. That's not what we're about. That only happens if Trumplicans and the Republicans have power and allow this guy to get free. It's ironic that uh, Trumplicans are all up in arms about Kyle Rittenhouse being tried, yet they want retribution for Ashley Babbitt getting killed while she's trying to break into the Capitol. You see the contradiction there? We have a police officer doing his job trying to protect the Capitol and the people in it. A woman gets shot because she has the audacity to break a window and jump in and threaten to kill people. She gets shot. Republicans think that's horrible. But when Kyle Rittenhouse goes out of state into a town he doesn't live in, allegedly trying to protect a business he doesn't own, and claiming to be offering medical help when he's not an EMT, but yet he brings an AR-15. And in the case with Ahmed Aubrey, all he was guilty of is being a black man who was running or jogging or whatever he was doing. These guys saw him, thought he must have done something wrong, and they shot him, and they killed him. Now, these three guys and Kyle Rittenhouse go to trial. It should be a no-brainer. It should be open and shut. But because where they're being tried, Wisconsin, and in Georgia, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen. We can only hope there's a conviction and there's no problems afterwards. But it seems ridiculous that we sit here now and have no clue what ultimately is going to happen. That's a fucking sad state of affairs in this country. When our justice system is up for grabs. And you know how they always say, well, the system works. I beg to differ. I don't think the system is working these days. When you look at the people ignoring subpoenas and people getting off from crimes that were clearly crimes against people, murders, getting off of murders. I'm hoping that's not the case with Kyle Rittenhouse and the three guys in Georgia, but I I can't help but worry about that. It just seems too likely. I mean, the idea of people getting off murder, even though it's so obvious, goes as far back as, well, it goes back hundreds of years, but you only have to think about Emmett Till. When they finally brought the guys to trial, they get off, even though they clearly did it. Or the people that shot Medgar um, uh, Medgar Evers. These guys were clearly guilty, but they get off. 
We've got a history of this, and that's a history that needs to change. Otherwise, we're not going to get anywhere in this country. Now, I was talking about the the, uh, subpoenas put out by the House Select Committee to investigate the insurrection. Of course, they subpoenaed Steve Bannon. He didn't show because he thinks he has um, executive privilege, which he doesn't. And um, his case was sent for criminal contempt of Congress to DOJ. Now, it took forever for Merrick Garland to do something, but I'll give him credit. He did charge Steve Bannon. Now, they didn't go out and get him, cuff him, and bring him in. They allowed him to surrender, which he did do. He went to court. I think he's going to be arraigned sometime soon. But he he came in and he was released on bond. They took away his passport. Um, He's got to stay in the area. He's got to check in every day or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses. Now, that court case could take a while. But I think them getting Bannon uh, charged was really the goal here. They wanted to prove that the House Select Committee could push it to the DOJ and the DOJ would actually do something, hopefully to um, inspire these other idiots that are, are avoiding the subpoenas to see that they're really doing something about it and that they'll give in and, and actually try to show up and actually do their fucking duty and do what they're legally responsible to do. But the thing about Steve Bannon is when he did come in, he's screaming and yelling and we're going to fight back and you messed with the wrong guys and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. It's important to understand one thing. What he says on the outside has no bearing on the court case. This is actually a pretty open and shut court case. He's not being tried for the insurrection. He's being tried for not showing up to a lawful subpoena, which he clearly didn't do. He admitted he didn't do it. So this should be an open and shut case. Now, what he did with the insurrection, that'll come later. That'll all happen later as the trials and the investigations continue. But this court case with Steve Bannon is that he didn't show up for a subpoena. And that's what he's going to court for. He's got two counts against them. Each of them have a minimum of 30 days in jail and a maximum of a year. And the maximum fine is $100,000. Now, it almost doesn't matter what he gets fined or how much jail time he gets. The important thing is he's an example to these other people that aren't following through with the subpoenas. One case in point, Mark Meadows. He was the chief of staff for the Trump administration. He is a dipshit. He is a piece of shit. He is just a ass-kissing, Trump-looking fuck. Now, he should testify, and the reason they want him to testify is because he was with Trump on January 6th. He talked to Trump. He knew what went on. He clearly has some information that's going to help them in this investigation. So they do want him to testify. Now, he has to decide now whether he wants to go through the same thing Steve Bannon did. It sounds like the House Select Committee is really pushing to probably send him over to the DOJ. And I think 
Meadows doesn't don't that th- he doesn't think that's going to happen because he's in a little different situation than Steve Bannon. Now Steve Bannon wasn't even working for Donald Trump. He wasn't in the White House on January 6th. In fact, he left the White House in 2017. So executive privilege is absolutely ridiculous. Mark Meadows has a little better case. He doesn't have much of a case. He doesn't have any case, really, but he's got a little more room for argument because he was the chief of staff, because he did work in the White House, and he was talking about the, talking to the president and communicating with the president. Now, under normal circumstances, there might be some executive privilege there. However, the only person that can assert executive privilege, of course, and we've talked about this before, is Joe Biden because he's the sitting president. Donald Trump can ask for executive privilege, but Joe Biden has to okay it. That's the law. That's the way it works. And, of course, Joe Biden said, no, I'm not going to assert it. So Mark Meadows has to testify. There might be a little more room for argument, but he's still going to lose. And hopefully, if he refuses to testify, they will send him to the DOJ, and they will charge him with criminal contempt of Congress. But we have to wait and see. We have to see if uh, that actually happens. It's funny, Steve Bannon has an attorney, David Shane, I think his name is, and he's a former impeachment lawyer. Or Donald Trump. So he's a piece of shit, too. And obviously he lost his case there. None of these people can come up with a decent lawyer with any kind of win record. They just keep losing. And Steve Bannon will lose in court this time because, as I say, it's cut and dried. But there's a lot of things happening in... in Washington, D.C. these days and around the country with these other trials. I wanted to bring one other thing up as we're getting closer to wrap this up. Now, we know that Joe Biden signed and made the bipartisan infrastructure bill law. It's done. It's happened. Everything in that infrastructure bill is going to happen. And it's important stuff for our infrastructure in this country. It's stuff that should have been dealt with for decades ago. But now we're finally getting it. But now what do the Republicans do? Remember, not one Republican voted for it. Not one Republican in the Senate voted for it. Um, So in spite of that they are still going to try to benefit from it. And it just, you know, I've said Republicans and Trumplicans are stupid fucks. I've said it all along. But clearly, Republican politicians think Republican voters and Trumplicans are fucking dumb. Clearly, they do. Representative Gary Palmer of Alabama. Now, you got to understand, Gary Palmer denounced the whole bipartisan infrastructure bill. In spite of the fact that it was bipartisan, he said it was bad. It was no good for the country. There was no way that this should happen. And when the vote came down, he didn't vote for it. He didn't vote for it at all. But now, the interesting thing is that he's uh, sent out a tweet to his constituents in Alabama And he said, uh, you know, from the moment I came into Washington, my priority was helping to fix bridges and roads and the infrastructure in Alabama. 
And now this great infrastructure bill is passed and it's going to do so much good for our state and for our constituents. (laughs) See, somehow this fucking clown thinks that his constituents don't know that he didn't vote for it, that he said it was bad. Now, either they don't know or they don't care. But that says a lot about the Republicans. I don't want to do anything. I want to obstruct things. I don't want the Democrats to look good, but since it passed and the Democrats look good, I'm going to take credit for it. Now, people like you and me that have normal intelligence, whether we be Republican or Democrat, know this is a bunch of shit. And this is absolutely repulsive that Republicans would do this. It would have been so much easier if they all voted for it, get it done, no problems, had, didn't have to dick around with it for six months uh, to get it done if they just voted for it. Because clearly they like it. He said he'd been pushing for it since he came to Washington, D.C., and now he's promoting it to his people, even though he denounced it and voted against it. That's the essence of who the Republicans are. It's not about helping people. It's not about helping this country. It's all about trying to make the Democrats look bad. And when they fail at that, which they did do in this situation, they fucking failed, then they have to try to take credit for it. And they believe the Republicans will believe it, will buy it. Now, the problem is a lot of Republicans will because they don't pay attention to shit. They watch Fox News and that's all they know. Hopefully, some Republicans will say, Jesus Christ, it is a good thing. It's going to help us. It's going to create jobs, better paying jobs. It's going to fix problems in our country like horrible water supplies or bridges falling down. Who the fuck in their right mind would vote against that? Well, this dipshit would, as well as every other goddamn Republican in the Senate would vote against it. And most of the Republicans in, in the House Last thing I want to hit up, those people that were Republican that voted for the infrastructure bill, they did their job. They wanted to take care of their states. They wanted to do the right thing for the people of this country. But you know what's happening to them? They're getting all kinds of trouble and shit and death threats and all that kind of stuff from not only other politicians, but from the constituents. The audacity that they would vote something that the uh, vote for something that the Democrats wanted. And that's all they care about. Oh, yeah. You know what? They're going to call and make death threats against the people that voted for it. But they're going to languish and lavish in all the fucking extra stuff they get in their state from that very same bill. That's the kind of people we're dealing with. They're fucking horrible people. And there's no way other way to say it. That's just who they are. And what they do is contrary to the future of this country, the benefit of this country and its people. And that's the sad thing about it. So all these Republicans that did vote for the bipartisan bill, they're getting harassed. They're getting followed. They're getting threatened. Their families are getting threatened. Their businesses are getting threatened for simply signing or voting for a bipartisan infrastructure bill. The essence of bipartisan means Republicans and Democrats both voted for it. But when the Republican had the audacity to actually vote for it, now they're mad. They want to kill him. This is who the Republicans are. How could anybody vote for the Republican Party in any sense? 
Some people will say, well, not all are bad. Well, the ones that aren't allegedly bad, they're the ones still supporting this, not saying anything, not standing up for what's right. All we've got is Cheney and Kinzinger standing up against all the bullshit on the Republican side. So if you don't fight against it, you're culpable. You're an accessory after the fact to the horrible criminal shit that Trumplicans and the Republicans are doing. We've got a mess in Washington, D.C. This can't continue the way it's going. It's got to be fixed somehow, but it's not something we can fix quickly. Somehow we've got to get Donald Trump out of the equation. He's a shit stir, and you've got a bunch of people that will believe anything he says, and it will cause problems. So somehow, we've got to take him out of the picture, either by votes or just ignoring him. And that may be the best thing. I talk about him a lot. I know that. But when he's still being involved in the Republican Party and still impacting what's happening in this country, it's hard not to talk about him. So we need some of these court cases, some of these indictments to come through to kind of take him out of the picture, make him not reasonable, not serious, not a viable candidate for 2024. Frankly, if he does end up being the candidate, he's probably going to lose. But you don't want to go through that shit and you don't want to stress out about it up until that point, hoping against hope that Donald Trump does not become president again. I'm here to tell you right now, he won't. He won't be president. There's just no way that's going to happen. But, you know, we have to wait and see how it ultimately shakes out. Anyway, (laughs) first podcast back. A little intense in spots, but uh, at least we're back on track. And I'll be back with you again very shortly. So have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.